We'll do it live. Okay. We'll do it live. Do it live. I can. I'll write it and we'll do it live. Thing sucks. How's it going, guys? Welcome to week two of the Alternative Podcast. My name is Ray. And on the other end of this microphone is the Mel Gibson to my Danny Glover. Curry, how you doing? I'm doing good. How about yourself, man? I'm doing pretty good. We're uh, recording this a little bit late today. My schedule's been a little bit off whack, but we're going to get through it. Yeah, you need to pick that up. (laughs) Anyways, let's dive into this agenda. Uh, What do we have first on the list? Finals? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. NBA Finals. Kevin Durant gets hurt. Toronto's up 3-2, and we're going back to Golden State. Okay. So, it was my intention from since the last time we had the podcast that by this time, we'd already have a new NBA champion. Toronto Raptors would have took it away 4-1, but unfortunately, they couldn't get the job done last night, and so we're going to game six. Yeah, they gave kind of Lowry the ball. Well, he he blew up in game in game four. I would give him the ball too. But it's Kyle Lowry, man. Listen, things happen, and I think just the the Warriors rallied behind their fallen teammate and and stuck it out. I don't think that was KD's intentions. I think he he uh, he just wanted to to go out the way he went out and let it be in the series. But, you know, I hope for a speedy recovery him. It sucks for him. I don't wait, like him very much, wait, but wait, 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 you to go out with an injury. No, 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 I don't mean go out with an injury, but I mean, when you get injured and your team's down three, one in the finals, I mean, you, you want it to be over at this point. You just want to focus on the off season and, and, and your, free agency coming up and where you're going after that. I mean, you just want the whole thing to be done. I mean, it's it's common, you know. You don't want to have to be there in spirit for your team anymore as they try to pull it out. Well, I agree with that. Um, I've seen a lot of stuff on Twitter and everything talking about people don't, like, don't care about Durant, don't respect Durant, people need to be nice to Durant. And I'm just like, this is the same dude who made Twitter burner accounts to defend himself. I'm sorry he got injured, but I don't have I'm not I'm not gonna sit here and you know grovel for him. Like he's got two NBA championships, two finals MVPs. I think he's gonna be okay. He got hurt, he'll be back. I'm not I don't get the big hoopla. I know the Toronto fans shouldn't have cheered for him to get hurt, but yeah. I mean I don't know. Yeah, everybody I mean, keeps, like, everybody's keeps saying like Kevin Durant is disrespected. I'm like, he's done dumb stuff <laughs> to make him d- be disliked. You went to a team that you couldn't beat, and then you started defending that decision by making a Twitter burner account. Multiple, by the way. Well, to his credit, I mean, he's his biggest fan, and you got to be your own biggest fan. I mean, time. think about taking as an NBA superstar, taking the time to make a bunch of different email addresses and making Twitter burner accounts. I mean, honestly, listen, I'm not defending him. But honestly, if I was making that much money and all I had to do, you know, was put in a bunch of work in the gym, on the court, play the game that I love, and get millions of dollars for it, I would most definitely make burner accounts to defend myself on social media and praise myself because I love myself and everybody else should too. That means you are conceited, sir. No, that just means that you're proud of your accomplishments. You know what you're doing. I mean, he knows what he's doing in the gym. He knows how hard he works. And, you know, I don't give him respect for going to the Warriors and and leaving basically – you know, Russell Westbrook defend for himself and getting two championships. No, I don't respect those championships. No, I don't respect his decision or anything like that. I don't respect him as a player at all, but I can understand where he's coming from.
I don't know, man. I mean, I, I don't hate the guy and I don't, the whole going to golden state, it's not as bad now that we're farther away from it, but the fact that he's probably going to leave kind of just shows that, I don't know, same thing with LeBron. It's just about winning championships and, but you know, I'm a little old school. Well, you know, we got to leave from this segment, but I think that him leaving Golden State is a more respectable decision than when he left OKC because he had wonderful chemistry with Russell Westbrook and they were putting up points. They just couldn't put up W's when it mattered. But with, with Golden State, I mean, they have the perfect formula and they're winning championships. It, it's just, it's a locker room friction. And, you know, you can have all the success that you want on the court, but I mean, off the court, if you're not getting along with your teammates, it's eventually going to spill over onto the court and mess with your chemistry. So I don't, I don't, I don't fault him for wanting to leave Golden State at this point. Well, but if you're Golden State, why don't you get rid of Draymond, who is obviously a problem? Because I think KD, Clay, and Steph all get along pretty well, but it seems to be Draymond is is the biggest problem. So why not get rid of him so you can keep Durant? Because Steph and Clay don't want to trade Draymond for Durant. Why? I, that's, that's dumb. Because, the, well, that goes back to the chemistry thing. I don't know. You're going to trade Draymond, who is just a technical foul waiting to happen again <laughs> for – Kevin Durant. I don't know. I mean, they, they got the system going from over there. I mean, I'm pretty sure Kerr knows what he's doing. I know. Even though they're gonna even though they're gonna lose this this series, but hey, I'm still holding to it. I think they're probably gonna win back at home and they're gonna go to a game seven and I'm gonna call it I think Toronto chokes. And that's gonna be the thing is that Golden State lost 3-1 to the Cavs, but then they came back from 3-1 to the Raptors, and that's going to be the big storyline. So, I don't see it happening, Bob. Well, I guess we'll have to see. Anyway, so next thing is the U.S. Open for golf This is this week. So what I think we should do is we should make our picks. And I think we should bet on it since we both play golf. I think whoever – we'll do bet? it this way. Huh? What do you mean bet on it? Whoever – hold on. Let me just set it up. We're both going to pick three golfers, all right? Okay. And if either one of us picks the winner, the loser has to buy the next golf game that we go play. If neither of us pick the winner – the person who pick or whoever picks the golf or closest or highest on the leaderboard at the end of the championship wins and the loser still has to pay for the next golf game. What do you think? Wait, what was that second option? Well, let's say we both pick three golfers and none of them win it. Okay. Then the, whoever picks, whoever's pick is closer to the top of the leaderboard. Okay wins all right i like that all right so i'll go ahead and let you go first you can pick anybody bubba watson that's my guy that's my number one Crybaby bubba watson all right so don't say he's not because he cried every time he wins a championship are you not supposed to be emotional about a sport that you put your heart and soul into and it comes out the way you want it. That's beautiful. I'm about to tear it's up golf. just thinking about it. It's golf. It's Bubba. Okay, whatever. Well, I'm going to go out on a limb. I'm going to go ahead and pick Brooks Kepka. He's won the past two U.S. Champ- or U.S. Open Championships, and he's won the past two PGA Championships. So he's won four major championships in the past two or three years now. So I'm going to go with Brooks Kepka. 
your turn. Now, I'm not well versed in the golf world and and everybody who's anybody. Well, that's a shame. Plays. And yeah, okay, yeah, it is. I mean, I should be a little bit more knowledgeable about it. But I mean, there's just so many golfers, and it's it's international. There is, right. I mean, it's. I guess I'm just making excuses, but. I like Bubba Watson because he's from Florida, obviously, and he's a he's a hometown buddy, and he's emotional. He's passionate. But uh, second, I probably have to go with Ricky Fowler. I like that one too. It's not a bad pick. I know it's not. That's why I picked it. Uh huh. Well, he's got to he's got to win a major at some point. He won the Players here in Jacksonville, and he's got to. He's got to break on the scene at some point with a major. He's been close. Um, I like Ricky a lot, but I like, I like Ricky Fowler because of his his neon dress on the oh course. My God, he ain't afraid to to be seen out there. He needs to shave off his little mustache that he's trying to pull off, but it's not working. <laughs> All right. Um, well, I'm gonna go. I guess it's sort of an obvious pick. So I'm going to go with Tiger. Um, you know, he obviously won the Masters. He missed the cut at PGA, though. But Bethpage Black is a really tough course. So, um, and he was kind of coming off the high of winning um, the Masters. Um, but, yeah, I'm going to go with Tiger. He blew away the field back um, at Pebble Beach in 2000 when he won his first U.S. Open. Um he beat everybody by, I think it was like 15 strokes. So, yeah, I'm going to go with Tiger. He's familiar with it. Uh, I think he'll play well. All right. Well, if you're going Tiger for your last pick, then I'm going to go Phil Mickelson. I mean, it ooh, just – That was going to be my third. Just because, you know, you know he's got the – he's undefeated. He's undefeated. Yeah, and head-to-head versus Tiger. One and oh, baby. What are you talking about? Tiger versus Phil? The $9 million round that they played? Okay, they're not playing against each other, though. Yeah, but we're betting against each other. So if you're going to pick a top three, I'm going to pick a top three to defend it. And if you're a three-man, it's going to be Tiger. I'm going to pick a three-man that's undefeated against him. All right, all right. Well, that's that's a good pick. You know, they had a pro am there this earlier this year, and Phil actually won it at Pebble Beach. So it's not a big pick. I think my team's stacked, buddy. All right. Well, I'm gonna go ahead, and my final pick is going to be. You already picked Jordan three. Smith. Huh? <laughs> you already picked three. I picked Brooks Kepka and Tiger. Who else did I pick? Oh. Thank you. Shut up. <laughs> so I'm going to pick Jordan Spieth. He's been um, he's been struggling for a while, but he seems to have come um, seems to have come on lately, playing some good golf. Um, I think he puts it back together and um, wins another one. Well, hopefully, he does for your sake. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I'll keep track of it. And um, next time we go out on the course, whoever loses has to pay. All right. So we got Kepka Woods Speed versus Watson Fowler Mitchison. Yeah. All righty. We both got an old dude on our team. You notice? (laughs) You got to have that veteran. Phil's like 48 or 49 and Tiger's 42. Can you believe Tiger's 42? Can I believe he's that old? Yeah. Yeah, man. He just doesn't seem it. It's been 10 years since his wife hit him with a golf club. It's already been 10 years? Yeah, man. It's been 10 years. That's not good. Dude, I was watching watching the Iron Bowl when that (laughs) happened. I'm serious. It was like halftime. Did y'all win that one? 
Yes, we did actually went on to win national championship. Mm. Thank you. Um, <laughs> number thirteen, by the way, at the time. We've oh. um added we've added a few more since then. All righty, let's um, move. Okay. <laughs> well, since you want to move on, speaking of Alabama, um, an Alabama boy himself, Dabo Sweeney, got in trouble today for making a comment that people felt were or felt was a little inconsiderate and disrespectful. So he was asked about recruiting in Alabama since he is obviously the head football coach for the Clemson Tigers who has beaten Alabama in two of the last three national championship games. He was asked about recruiting and how it is recruiting in Alabama. He responded in this way. I think it was all fun and games early on. It was all, isn't that sweet and all that stuff. I don't know about walls, but I am kind of like Osama bin Dabo. I have to navigate my way through the caves and back channels to make my way through Alabama these days. They aren't as happy to see me, but it's all good. It's a good problem to have. So apparently his new nickname is Osama bin Dabo. Not a nickname that a lot of people like. Oh yeah, he caught a he caught a lot of heat for it, especially from Paul Feinbaum, saying that it's disres- disrespectful to all the people of nine eleven that were lost on nine eleven at the hands of Osama bin Laden's attacks. Um, I'll go ahead and go since I'm the Bama fan here. Obviously. I like Dabo a lot. Um, I think he is pretty much a dork, and he's an idiot sometimes. Um, he's a heck of a football coach, but in this situation, it's just not a comparison you'd think you'd want to make. I mean, I don't think it was intentionally. I think he. I don't think it was intentionally. Um, inconsiderate I think he was just trying to be funny and it didn't work out the way um, he thought it was going to Um, he's probably going to be the next Alabama head coach if I had to put money on it it's hard to not go back to your alma mater Um, but this is the kind of stuff you get with Dabo Sweeney he is he's a lot like Joe Biden He'll come out and he'll say stupid stuff every once a year. Oh my gosh! So, so are you saying that you you like Joe Biden a lot? No, 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 no. Okay, as far as honestly, man, I think that people are just taking this way further than what it needs to go. I mean, like with a lot of other things that go on, I mean, it spreads like wildfire on social media. People want to get up in arms and whatever about it. It's not like he was saying that it was a good thing. I mean, he was doing it in a negative light. So he wasn't saying like, oh, Osama bin Laden is this good person. As far as the 9-11 thing, we could go a, uh, a whole different route on that one. But as far as being insensitive to the people that lost their lives in 9-11, I mean, I, I mean what, what can you say, really? I mean, he was comparing no. – it's not like he was comparing the tragedies. He was just comparing how he's seen by the people of Alabama when he goes through there. And this guy who's seen, obviously, by the rest of the Western world as a bad guy, a bad dude. I don't like this dude. Ah, I don't like Dabo Sweeney. It's just as simple as that. I mean, it's a lot bigger atrocities that you can you can devote your time to. I mean, Dabo is harmless. He's, he's a fun guy. He's a long-lost mushroom brother. I like him. I don't think he's a dork. I think he's a pretty cool no, guy. No, 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 he is a dork. No, 
look, I, it was very, it was, I don't, like I said, I don't think he meant it in any sort of way. I think he just used a, a bad comparison. Um, the heat that he caught for it was, I mean, Paul Feinbaum kind of went off on him and I was like, uh, you know, Oh, okay. So yeah, he shouldn't, he probably shouldn't use that comparison, but I don't think it's something to like, just, you know, berate him over. Um, but but to, at, to your point, at the same time though, people, people use Hitler as an adjective all the time. I mean, liberals, it, conservatives, anybody like just, it's a, it's a normal thing to say somebody's being a Nazi about something or saying this guy's acting like Hitler. I mean, nobody says that they're being insensitive to the Holocaust. And I'm not comparing the Holocaust to 9-11, but it just goes to show that using the, the names interchangeably to describe somebody is not, it has nothing to do with the events that they cause. It's just how they're seen to the rest of the world. What's common knowledge about the person. No, I'm I'm with you. Um, but as far as Dabba being a dork, yeah, he is a dork, man. Come on. He <laughs> is the one who came up with the acronym BYOG, bring your own guts. Like, no. No, he's a dork. He's an Alabama dork. That's what he is. And he's, I mean, he's comfortable in that skin. So, I mean, it's whatever. But yes, he is a dork. All right. Well, the Alabama boys know each other. All right. So let's move on. So obviously over the weekend, actually, I think, did it happen Friday night or Saturday? No, it happened Saturday night, I think. Oh, I can't remember when it happened, but Trump struck a deal with Mexico to avoid the tariffs that he was going to impose. He was planning on imposing 5% tariffs on imports from Mexico starting um, this Monday. If they did not agree to help out with the illegal immigration crisis. So they came to a agreement sometime. I think it was either Friday night or Saturday of this past weekend um, to avoid those tariffs. And it looks as if there are not that many specifics that are known except for one big, um, one big specific that was made known is that Mexico is now requiring asylum seekers to seek permanent refuge in the first country they arrive in. This has been something that's actually, to my knowledge, that, that has actually been in agreement with Mexico for a long time, but they weren't enforcing it. Mm-hmm. Um, so all these caravans that we're getting from Central America and stuff, Mexico is telling us that they're going to be stopping them at their southern border and not letting them come up towards ours. So the immigration debate obviously lives on. Um, I found it funny. Some point today I heard it's somebody say that Mexico has now done more to fix, not fix, but deal with the the illegal immigration crisis than Congress has ever done. And if you really look at it, it's pretty true. Congress has not done a damn thing to help anything down there at the border. And um, Trump played his cards right. Um, Liberals hate it. And I think we actually have a soundbite of liberals as soon as the deal was struck with Mexico this past weekend. <laughs> Go ahead and play that for us. Oh my God! Okay, it's happening. Everybody stay calm. What's the Everybody procedure, stay everyone? Calm. What's the procedure? Stay calm! <laughs> So, <laughs> yeah, so what I are your thoughts, my friend? This is definitely a major win, and it's a decisive win for for Trump and the president's administration. Because, for one, you know, 
he's doing something that he said he was going to do, and he's being tough on it. And he's make he's he's I don't want to say making, but he's influencing. He's using his influence on other countries. It's, it's foreign relations. It's what the president should do, and he's proving right now that he's good at it by persuading the Mexican government to enforce their own immigration laws, which are which are much stricter than ours. And it's for the benefit of really everybody involved. Now, as far as the um, uh, people were, when he first announced that he was going to start imposing tariffs on, on uh, Mexico, Mexican goods and products, you know, liberals were all up in arms and they were saying how Chipotle's price is going to go through the roof and avocado unavailable on this side of the border. But, you know, honestly, I'm no economist or anything like that. I mean, I don't pretend to be, but a lot of the people that do do that for a living are saying that Mexico's economy, they, I mean, the, what they depend on more is access to the free market, access to America's market, rather than what they give what they send over here, like the avocados and the peppers and all that kind of stuff. They, they rely more on that, that uh, fluidity throughout the market than direct sales. So if Trump administration is going to deny them that access, I mean, that's a, a large part of their well-being for the people who are, who are actually citizens there. And just how we say America first, or we're putting American citizens first. I mean, at the end of the day, Mexico is going to say the same thing about their citizens. They're not no. going to put they're not going no. to put the well being of Central Americans over their own citizens when it comes to when it comes to being involved in the free market and getting their goods out there. Now that's racist. <laughs> that is racist. Imagine if if Mexico's president came out and said. Mexico first. I mean, the media would just go bonkers. Well, he essentially did by enforcing these immigration laws. They're they're uh, deploying their equivalent to their national guard down to their southern border to enforce it. So, true. Viva la Mexico. True. Avocados and peppers for everybody. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. I was a little devastated when I heard that avocados could be affected in this whole thing. But you know, sometimes you got to sacrifice stuff for the greater good. You know. Yeah, but who goes to Chipotle? It's all about Moe's, man. Okay, we're not we're not gonna do any unpaid advertisement on this podcast. I mean, I know I'm biased because I worked there, but. The fact that you don't have to pay for chips at Chipotle or you don't have to pay for chips at Moe's and you do have to pay for chips at Chipotle. I mean, that's a deal breaker for me right there. Well, you know what they say? You pay for what you get. It's quality. Their their chips are like the saltiest things in the world. They are. That's that's true. I have to to knock them off a little bit before I dip them in a queso and eat them. Just get some excess thought off. But hey, I like Chipotle because they have, you know, vegan options with the 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 chorizo and all that. Hmm. Oh, well, Moe's needs to expand their uh their menu. I'm pretty sure they did. They have more ingredients than Chipotle, so I don't know what else you want. But okay, we're not gonna okay, we're done. <laughs> That's an argument for another time when we have like no topics. Okay. Yeah, we'll we'll ask the listeners what they think. Moe's or Chipotle? Go ahead and, and let us know. Moe's or Chipotle. Well, the, you know, down in Jacksonville is probably gonna be more Moe's. I mean, we have a pretty good we got a pretty good stronghold down here in Jacksonville. I don't know about that. Chipotle sells horse meat. <gasps> We're, okay, listen. That claim has not been verified or anything. 
We don't want to get sued. <laughs> All right. All right. What we got next? Okay, so like we said last week, the the one thousand plus Democrat presidential candidates, they um, the Des Moines Register had an, their first, well, not their first, but their newest Iowa poll come out. And this is what it looks like. Joe Biden is on top with 24% as their first choice. Old crazy Bernie Sanders is at 16%. Elizabeth Pocahontas Warren is at 15%. Pete Buttigieg is at 14%. Kamala Harris is at 7%. Amy Klobuchar is at 2%. Oh, Amy. Watch out, she'll throw a binder at you. (laughs) Robert Francis O'Rourke is at 2%. Michael, I'm getting into people I don't know. Michael Bennett is at 1%. Cory Booker, a.k.a. Spartacus, is at 1%. Julian Castro, I didn't even know that Duke was still like in politics, is at 1%. <clears throat> John Delaney, isn't he like the mayor or the mayor or the governor of Maryland? Yeah, when I first heard his name, I thought he was the former mayor of Jacksonville. Who are you talking about? John Delaney? John Del- I don't even remember that, dude. He was, uh, I want to say the mayor before John Payton. Was he really? Yeah, I think so. I don't know. Anyway, he's at 1%. Tulsi Gabbard, she's hot, is at 1%. Jay Inslee, isn't that the crazy dude from like Oregon or Washington? I have no idea who that is. I I've heard his name before. Don't really know. He's at one percent. Andrew Yang, Steve's boy. Oh God, one <laughs> percent. And I'm just gonna go through. There's too many here at zero percent. But just some of the um, some of the main ones. Let's see. Kirsten Gillibrand is at zero percent. She's really doing well. <laughs> Eric Swalwell. Have you figured out who that guy is yet? Uh, I haven't given it too much thought. Oh my I mean, god! I can't believe it. I, I, re- I mean, I read the the article that you sent me, but I mean, I haven't done any, any deep diving on him. I don't care about him. He is like a meme in itself. Oh, this he is really... the new guy. Yeah, he's he's young. He's probably in his thirties. No, this is the nuke guy. The guy that said, if you don't turn over your, your guns, we're going to nuke you. Yeah, dude. I'm, I'm dead serious. He said it. <laughs> anyway, and last but not least, Bill de Blasio is at a whopping 0%. God, I hate hearing that. You know, before – okay, but we'll open it up. What, what do you think? I mean, right now it looks like we only have about five people who are really in it. Biden, Sanders, Pocahontas, um, Pete Buttigieg, and Kamala Harris. But see, I, she's only at seven percent. I don't really think she has a chance. Well, um, I the what I was looking at because I I saw the um, the full report where they they had the second choice results and then the the overall thinking about it results mm-hmm. and. Uh, what I thought was interesting was Cory Booker had a ton of second choice votes, but he he came up pretty short in the first choice votes. But overall, he received more more you know. I may vote for him than Kamala Harris, which I didn't figure her to you know be in this top five for first choice. That's that's completely blowing my mind. But also, uh, Beto O'Rourke, which was my quote, Robert O'Rourke, was my 
quote unquote favorite to win the nomination. He's he's not doing so well at all in the first and second, but he had the most overall thinking about it votes. I'm 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 so glad you brought him up, man. Do you, do you know how much of an idiot he really is? I don't know the guy personally. Did, but, did you see, did, no no no? Did you see the video? He he did a Facebook live of him getting a haircut and then getting a massage and pretty much moaning through the massage. <laughs> like God, yeah, that's how he's trying to relate with the American people that he can moan while getting a massage. <laughs> yeah, I heard about the uh, the the barbershop the barbershop uh, thing that he was doing. But I also heard just yesterday, which I had no idea, that he has fleeing and evading charges and a DUI from when Dude, he you college. No, I didn't. <laughs> I'm so I'm so surprised. You're such a Ted Cruz fan. I think you would have heard about that whenever that race was going on last year. I missed that that news clip. Oh my god! You That's should crazy. see the mud <laughs> but regardless, I think that he'll. Uh, I think that the party will rally around him. Mm, not at two percent. I don't. I don't think so. At this point, as as the field as the field thins itself out, I think they will. He'll be one of them that thins out. I don't think so because he he received like thirty six percent of the. It's. It, I don't think it was the third choice vote, but it was like, if I, if my candidate wasn't there or something, or if, something like that, it's it equivalent to the third choice vote, but it's not what it said. But he received like thirty six percent, which was like fifteen points higher than anybody else in the field. So I think that that's in the, that's an indicator that as it grows later into this this campaign cycle, and the field thins out. That he's gonna, I mean, because he's already a, a monster fundraiser. He's we saw monster. that. So he's got he's got backing behind him, and he knows how to reach out to people. He knows how to bring people on the side, win people over. I mean, he's he's Robert O'Rourke. I mean, he's got people calling him Beto. Is that not the dumbest name? Well, I know a few Bettos. So I'm not going to say it's a dumb name, but it's a dumb name for somebody named Robert. There you go. <laughs> well, I really don't know. I mean, there's just – there's so many of them. There's not – we haven't even hit the first debate yet. Um, I can't wait for those. We should live stream those. Um, I should. But I will say Biden, I feel like there's something going on with him. I – I still think he ends up being the nominee, but there's there's some real problems going on with him. Um, that kind of takes us to our next segment. And <clears throat> is I don't know if you heard, but last week he um, he flipped his stance on the Hyde Amendment, and pretty much what the Hyde Amendment is is it's been longstanding since the 70s, I believe, that um, taxpayer dollars should not fund abortion and Biden has been a um, he's been a supporter of the Hyde Amendment for years and um, he even voted in favor of it um, the last time he was in um, the Senate before he became vice president Um, but now he's saying that he has switched course and that he does believe that taxpayer dollars should be attributed to abortion. Um, so I'll open it up for your opinion on that one first, man. I think that this is him kind of, I didn't think about it earlier, but obviously Joe Biden only entered the race to be the establishment's relief from Bernie Sanders. Democratic Party does not want Bernie Sanders to be their nominee, point blank, period. Democratic voters tell a different story, but the party does not want Bernie Sanders as their nominee. Joe Biden is safe nominee. He's a safe candidate. I mean, he's the most recent former vice president. 
So he's got he's got a lot behind him. He's got a lot of support. He got a lot of connections. That's the guy that they want to be their nominee. So what I think him flipping on this Hyde Amendment is with this being with abortion being such a polarizing topic. I mean, ever since Roe v. Wade, I mean, it's really never stopped. He's trying to tap into that uber liberal, far left base that Bernie Sanders has a stronghold on. Because without that, you know, it could be you know a toss up come next primary site or the closest primary to the general election next year on who their nominee is going to be. And we don't want a repeat or they don't want a repeat of last year where they felt like Bernie was robbed in favor of Hillary Clinton, because then there would be no rebuilding from there. So they want to, they want to take this, they want to take commanding lead with Joe Biden very early. And they don't want it to be any, any question, any note that he is their nominee when it comes time for the, for the, um, DNC convention. So I think this is him flipping on that amendment. He's riling up that base, making them think, making them say, hey, you know, maybe Bernie isn't, you know, the only guy that can, you know, take us where we're going to go. Maybe we should give the former vice president of the most progressive president that we've had in history. That's just my take on it. Well, Biden pretty much does whatever he's told to do. He never really, throughout his whole career, which he's made politics a career, um, I'm so tired of seeing his face. Um, but he, he's, he's, he always does what he's told to do. The story is, is that Alyssa Milano, that frickin' wacko who stared down Brett Kavanaugh in – uh, the Senate hearing from behind, she called huh. Biden and told him he needed to switch his stance. So I guess if you're a Democrat and you think that a person who can be persuaded by an idiot, I don't, so many words can des- describe her an activist, if you can be persuaded by a phone call over something like this that you've, that you've supported, openly supported, and even put your faith on it for 30-plus years, and you can flip on that, that's just classic Biden. You know what? He, he said today, if you vote for him, he's going to cure cancer. So you know what? Let's all just come together and rejoice around Joe Biden so we can go ahead and be cancer. Cause I think he's going to do it. Yeah. That's the first thing that I saw when I looked at my phone, when I woke up today and I just, I just turned it back off and went back to sleep. You know, cause, cause he's, he's got all the answers to cancer, you know, all these years and Joe Biden's going to be the one to do it. Hey, little, we, little do we know he might, he might know something we don't. That might be his ex in the hole. Freaking come general election time, if this looks like he's slipping in the polls, hey, they got that that cure in their back pocket. No, I think that's just his way of wanting to grope women. <laughs> let's, let's, oh cure that, let's, let's cure that breast cancer, sweetheart. <laughs> uh, well, I think that uh, I honestly cannot see. Joe Biden as president of anything. You know, that's actually a test that I usually do when I'm looking at people. I'm like, can I see them walking down or not walking down, walking up to the podium inside um, the Congress to give a State of the Union? <laughs> to be fair, I couldn't see Trump that way either. Buddy, I could. <laughs> I mean, think about it. Could you imagine Bernie Sanders walking up to the podium? No. His hair going in a thousand different directions. 
Well, you know who my guy was last year. But if we're going on on that test. What, Dumbo? I'm sorry? Dumbo? Don't do that. Marco Rubio? Listen, his his ears are abnormally large, but it's because he listens to his constituents so well. Hey, I ain't got no problem with Marco. I voted for him. No big deal. He he voted for him in his Senate run. He what? You voted for him in the Senate run. You didn't vote for him in the, the primaries for presidential election. That's correct. Okay. Doesn't count. Why not? You didn't believe in him enough. Okay. Do you really want to get into this? Because we can't win. We don't have a lot of time. We'll save that. <laughs> All right. <laughs> So, did you happen to see the hearing they had um, yesterday for involving, involving the Mueller report? Uh, was it um, the Justice Department agreeing to hand over some evidence that supposedly, possibly could point to a slight amount of obstruction on the Trump administration? No, I mean, I heard about that, but that wasn't what the hearing was about. What was so, it? Pretty much, they had a hearing yesterday. Jerry Nadler, old friend, he brought John Dean in for a hearing. Do you know who John Dean is? Educate me. John Dean was a White House counsel to President Nixon during the Watergate years. And John Dean ended up pleading guilty to obstruction of justice and ratted out Nixon and a few others. And he even served jail time. So what the Democrats did, they brought him in and basically said, Hey, you committed obstruction of justice. Tell us if you think that Trump did. And of course he got up there and said, Oh yeah, there's a lot of parallels between what I did and, you know, what Trump did, blah, 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 blah. So I guess what we resulted to, because the Mueller report, you know, pretty much, he exonerated Trump from collusion, obviously, left a very gray area over over, um, obstruction of justice. So we're going to bring this idiot in and pretty much that's what we're going with some it's like taking a serial killer taking Ted Bundy and saying hey we think this serial killer killed somebody how did you do it do you think he did it well expert witness hey expert they're pathetic. They're absolutely pathetic. Yeah, I mean, at this point, they're just going to try everything they can. I mean, but it, it really goes to show that it's not about – it has nothing to do with policy. It has nothing to do with, with anything that's going on in America or any kind of decisions that are being made. It's just they, they don't like the guy. They don't, they don't want to – they don't want to – concede the fact that they lost and that now they have to work with this guy that was mean to them and mean to the entire party. They don't want to have to suck it up because feelings were hurt, which they were. And, you know, the president is less than, less than, uh, for lack of a better word, classy about the things that he does. But at the end of the day, it's not about that. It's about the job that you do, and I think that he's doing a pretty good job, a very good job. So at this point, they're just going to do try to do anything they can because they don't want him to to continue on in his in his uh, 
his presidency so that he continues to do a good job is that he leaves a legacy behind that they'll, at the end of the day, have to applaud. Well, I guess the real question is, do you think impeachment is a real impro- a real possibility? And in my opinion, yeah, it is a real possibility. I think they're probably going to do it. Um, but it's going to be pretty much just like Clinton. Um, he can't, he won't be convicted in the Senate and, um, by God, I hope they do impeach him because I can't wait to see the look on their face when he wins again and he's still in office. Mm. I don't think so. I mean, it's, if the question is, is it a possibility? Yeah, but I don't think it's. A probability. Well, no, they, they told their constituent constituents that that's what they were going to do when they took over the house. So they have to do it. And they actually have the best. It actually wouldn't hurt them as much as it would if they actually were able to convict him in the Senate. But now what they can do is they can just impeach him. They have the votes. That's fine. But once it goes to the Senate, it'll be, you know, he won't be convicted of it. And then they can just say, Hey, at least we impeached him." And you know, Trump's not going to resign. It's not going to happen. So yeah, I think they're going to do it because what they're going to try and do is they're going to try and bring Trump in obviously for impeachment hearings. And they're just going to try and nail him. And that's all they're going to do. I don't think they're going to have votes. Honestly, it's not. It's. It, I mean, obviously, it's going to be party line, but I think some of those guys up there are going to see, or hopefully, see the potential implications that impeaching this guy can have. I mean, it's only going to be the the hard line establishment Democrats who are going to push for this impeachment. Those Nancy Pelosi lined Democrats, like the ones she has in her pocket. They're not going to have enough votes, and the ones that vote that vote no. I mean, yeah, they they're going to be it, it's going to be felt in the polls whenever they go for for reelection. But I think at the end of the day, their political careers are going to are going to ride on it. Well, I just think they're so crazed about it, and they've been their talking. political integrity. I mean, well, yeah, I, I just think they're so dead set on it. They've been talking about it since the day um, he's been in office, and they've set this whole thing up as, as, as they said themselves, as a safety net from him. So, I, th- I hope they do it. I really do. Well. I mean, it's something that they said to ultimately get in office, but that doesn't mean that they're going to follow through with it. That there's more energy put in the promise than in the in the process. It's just getting really old, man. We've been doing this for two years. And the whole thing about Mueller, I just got to say this. Ken Starr back in um, in the 90s when he investigated Bill Clinton. In his report, he wrote the word guilty 11 times when it came to the charges against Bill Clinton. Bob Mueller went out there a couple weeks ago and said that they could not indict a sitting president. Well, no, duh, you can't indict a sitting president, but you could recommend charges. That's all he had to do if he actually found yeah. if he actually found obstruction of justice. That's all he had to do. All he had to do was say, hey, Congress, there is obstruction of justice here. So, you know, do your thing. Well, he didn't do that. He didn't find obstruction of justice. But he met, he went out there and he worded it in such a gray area. So that it can be misconstrued as maybe there was. There wasn't, 
and it's just it's getting so old, man. They need to get over it. Uh, well, I mean, this is the the back and forth where I was going to have this little political tennis match. I mean, it's never going to end. Much not. And it, you know what? If <coughs> the yeah. opposition at a anybody sitting in office from the other side, it's never going to end. It's only going to get worse. Well, that's what I mean is, like, if they impeach Trump, okay, so you get Pence. What are they going to do with Pence? They think he's, like, some – they think he wants to electrocute, like, you know, gay people or something. That's the, I mean, that's – oh, God, that's so far from the truth. I mean, what are you – are they going to try and impeach him? Oh, I don't so, know. So don't... crazy Nancy is a president for a little bit? Now it's hard to tell their intentions, but it's just it's the game. God forbid they sit back and and try to work with their counterpart in the executive branch. There's so many of them that were there in the nineties during Clinton, and you'd think they would notice what happened to their or to the Republicans when they impeached Clinton. They suffered for it. But I'll let them dig their own grave. Yeah, we can open that one up to the uh, the listeners as well. They think that impeachment is a is a is it going to happen in this presidency? We want to hear what you guys think. But uh, we're we're getting low on time here, so we're gonna go ahead with our closing segment, Florida Man of the Week, and I have that the gracious opportunity to the gracious honor to present to you this week's headline. Um, This one is from, I believe January of this year, a guy named Zane Carlson decided to hop in his car, plow through an airplane or a uh, airport fence and do donuts on the runway. Real life, GTA, like that's that's literally my favorite thing to do in Grand Theft Auto. Freaking run out there on the on the runway and get chased by fifty thousand cops and just just go nuts on the runway. This guy is living out my Grand Theft Auto dream. And uh, Curry, what do you think about that? <laughs> um, there's so many things that could go wrong in that situation. Um. I mean, I hope he had a good time because he's going to jail. Yeah, yeah, I I believe he did go to jail. This was in uh, Pensacola on January 31st of of this year. Um, Yeah, this is a – his mugshot looks about what you you think he looks, with a guy that's doing donuts on on the runway. (laughs) And, I mean, his name is so fitting. Zane, like, I know his buddies are like, did you guys hear what Zane did last night? Oh, that's so Zane. (laughs) (laughs) Pensacola Police Department reported that he caused $24,000 worth of damages to the airport. Oh, my God. Yeah, he, uh... Wait, how much does that fence cost? Does what? How much does the fence cost? Uh, I don't know. It's, I mean, it's pretty mangled. It's one of those, um, one of those automatic sliding fences and it has, you know, barbed wire on top, typical uh, airport fence. But listen to what he said about it. Zane, he said that, uh, he told the arresting officer he wanted to be like Top Gun. That's his official statement on the police report. How exactly is that? I, he didn't give a follow-up. Oh, he was high. He was high, buddy. <laughs> he was high. That's, that's a beautiful story. Uh, I, mm. 
he had to be high. I mean, come on. You know you're going to get caught. You're going to jail. Now you're probably going to have to pay for all of those damages somehow. Hey, live in the moment. Live in the moment. That's Pensacola, man. Crazy stuff happens over there. (laughs) Well, that's all the time that we have today. We got a lot of good stuff um, into this segment. We got a lot of good stuff coming up for the next one that we uh, we figured out today. So I'm looking forward to it. I'm excited about it. This is a this is a good follow up to our our pilot episode. What do you think? Oh yeah, definitely, man. Um, it's gonna get better and better every week. We look forward to having more of you listen to us. Tell your friends. Tell your parents. Tell your mom. Tell your grandma. You can let your kids listen to it, too, if you want to. Just tell them to earmuff their ears sometimes. <laughs> and um, seriously, y'all let us know what you want us to talk about. Appropriately rated, as always. And um, I think we may even have a guest next week, but we'll let you guys know. Oh, okay. uh, Uh-huh. Yeah, I'll, I've talked to you about it. But... We'll see. All righty. Well, this has been the Alternative Podcast with Curry and Ray. You all have a good night. See you all later. Bye-bye.